This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. Before we get to the news today, a quick programming reminder. The Wives Show will take place this Friday, easily one of our most popular shows every year. So stay tuned. This one is a fun one. And hey, you guys know Christmas is coming, right? Maybe you should get someone you love, a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club membership. It's Christmas, so join our club during December the first 75 people to upgrade or join our Gold or Platinum Club membership. We'll get our 32-ounce Kodiak Christmas water bottle and a free subscription to our Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine. By joining the Fight, Laugh, Feast army, not only will you be aiding in our fight to take down secular and legacy media, but you'll also get access to content placed in our club portal, such as past shows, all of our conference talks, and exclusive content for club members that you won't be able to find anywhere else. Lastly, you also get discounts for our conferences. We don't have the big money of woke media, and so our club members are crucial in this fight. So join the movement, join our army, and you can sign up right now at FightLaughFeast.com. All right, let's get to the news. The Biden administration asks Supreme Court to end Title 42 but with short delay on lifting restrictions. The Biden administration on Tuesday asked the U.S. Supreme Court to let the pandemic-era policy Title 42 come to an end, but requested a brief delay until at least after Christmas. In a filing on Tuesday, the administration acknowledged to the Supreme Court that at the end of Title 42 will likely lead to disruption and a temporary increase in unlawful border crossings, but asked that the court reject efforts by a group of conservative-leaning states to keep Title 42 in place. Migrants have been denied requests to seek asylum under U.S. and international law 2.5 million times since March 2020 on grounds of preventing the spread of COVID-19 under a public health rule called Title 42. And speaking of Title 42, Texas Governor Abbott warns polar vortex threatens migrants due to Biden's border disaster. Texas Governor Greg Abbott told President Joe Biden on Tuesday that His disaster immigration policy is putting lives at risk as a polar vortex is expected to hit this week and will create bitter conditions for the thousands of illegal immigrants who continue to trek into the U.S. Quote, with cold temperatures gripping Texas, your inaction to secure the southern border is putting the lives of migrants at risk, particularly in the city of El Paso, the Republican governor told Biden in a letter. Your policies will leave many people in the bitter, dangerous cold as a polar vortex moves into Texas. This terrible crisis for border communities in Texas is a catastrophe of your own making, Abbott wrote. The governor said Biden has failed in his constitutional duty to protect the border, which disproportionately impacts Texas. Abbott warned that the situation would only get worse if the Title 42 policy ends this week. That pandemic-era policy allows border agents to turn migrants away at the border, and ending it could lead to a surge of migrants at the southern border just as Texas faces some of its coldest temperatures. The Title 42 policy was set to expire Wednesday, but an appeal is being heard by the Supreme Court which could decide as early as Tuesday evening. Department of Homeland Security projects between 9,000 and 15,000 migrant encounters a day once the policy ends, which would add to the already highest annual total of encounters in U.S. history. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre insisted to end Title 42 would not mean the border is open. To suggest so, she said, is misinformation and doing the work of these smugglers. Vice President Kamala Harris, who is tasked with identifying the root cause of mass migration to the southern border, has insisted in recent months that the border is in fact secure. Abbott said he would continue to work with state-based officials to stem the tide of illegal immigration. 
Speaking of the Biden administration, White House confirms Zelensky's travel to U.S. ahead of massive bill funding Ukrainian military. The Biden administration confirmed early Wednesday morning Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is on his way to the U.S. to discuss more assistance for the country during its ongoing conflict with Russia. In addition to meeting with President Biden, Zelensky is slated to address Congress Wednesday afternoon as lawmakers plan to shell out more money for Ukraine in its latest $1.7 trillion spending bill. The budget includes more than $45 billion in new military and humanitarian aid for his country. A press statement from Biden admin Wednesday morning said Zelensky's address to a joint meeting of Congress will demonstrate the strong bipartisan support for Ukraine. In his official statement, the White House added President Biden has been rallying the world to support Ukraine since the Russian invasion in February. 300 days ago, Russia launched a brutal assault against Ukraine. In response, President Biden rallied the world to support the people of Ukraine as they defend their sovereignty and territorial integrity, the statement read. During the visit, President, during the visit, President Biden will announce a significant new package of security assistance to help Ukraine defend itself against Russian aggression. Extensive security means were already underway in the nation's capital early Wednesday morning as the district prepared for the high-profile visit. As early as 4.30 a.m., Capitol Police cruisers could be seen lined up outside the Capitol building, along with cement barricades blocking roads leading up to the building. On behalf of bipartisan congressional leaders, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi sent a letter to Zelensky encouraging his visit to Washington, D.C. in a letter explaining the leader's immense respect and admiration for the Ukrainian president. The pending aid would be the U.S.'s largest amount of financial assistance to Ukraine since the war started and is intended to support the fight against Russia for months to come, according to the Associated Press. Congress is also expected to announce a major package of $1.8 billion in military aid on Wednesday, which would include a Patriot missile battery and precision-guided bombs for Ukraine's fighter jets. U.S. officials said the package will include about $1 billion in weapons from the Pentagon stocks and $800 million in funding through the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative, according to the AP. Though the massive spending bill is expected to receive support from many Republicans in the House and Senate, not all are on board with the additional funding. Some GOP lawmakers argued the new round of aid will bring the U.S. commitment to the war to over $110 billion, and it is improper without greater accountability. Hey, speaking of that trillion dollar, the trillions of dollars we're talking about with the government funding bill, U.S. Senate advances the $1.66 trillion government funding bill. A $1.66 trillion government spending bill drew overwhelming bipartisan support in the U.S. Senate on Tuesday as lawmakers steered it towards passage before a weekend deadline to avoid a partial shutdown of federal agencies. Democratic and Republican negotiators agreed early Tuesday morning on the sweeping bill to fund the federal government through the end of its fiscal year on September 30th, raising funding from about $1.5 trillion in the last fiscal year. The Senate voted 70-25 to 25 to proceed to debate of the bill, with some Republican senators hoping to offer amendments. A handful of conservative Senate Republicans on Tuesday said they objected to the bill, but would not try to stop its passage. The bill includes other measures agreed on by negotiators from both parties, including a ban on the use of TikTok on government-owned devices and clarification of Congress's role in certifying elections, an attempt to avoid a repeat of the U.S. Capitol breach on January 6, 2021. 
Senate and House leaders aim to pass the 4,155-page bill and send it to Democratic President Joe Biden for signing by the end of the week to ensure there are no interruptions to the government's activities. The Tuesday vote was the first in a series of steps clearing the way for passage by Friday. Failure to pass legislation in time could bring a partial government shutdown beginning Saturday, just before Christmas, and possibly lead into a months-long standoff after Republicans take control of the House on January 3rd, breaking the grip of Biden's Democrats on both chambers of Congress. Budget experts found fault with the bill's size. Included in the bill is a $44.9 billion in emergency assistance to Ukraine and NATO allies and $40.6 billion to assist communities across the United States recovering from natural disasters in other matters. The Ukraine funds would be used for military training, equipment, logistics, and intelligence support, as well as for replenishing U.S. equipment sent to Kiev. It also includes funding to prepare for and respond to potential nuclear and radiological incidents in Ukraine. Russian President Vladimir Putin has not ruled out the use of nuclear weapons in the conflict with Ukraine. Included in the Ukraine package is $13.4 billion in economic aid and $2.4 billion to help resettle Ukrainians in the United States. The military aid would be on top of the record $858 billion in U.S. defense spending for the year, which is up from last year's $740 billion and also exceeds Biden's request. U.S. lawmakers also included a proposal to bar federal employees from using the Chinese short video app TikTok on government-owned devices as they backed a proposal to lift a looming deadline imposing a new safety standard for modern cockpit alerts for two new versions of Boeing CO's 737 MAX aircraft. Moving on, intruder able to walk into Uvalde school unchallenged as new report slams medical response. A new a Texas safety inspector posing as an intruder was re- recently able to stroll unchallenged into a Uvalde school as a damning new investigation also blamed a flawed medical response for failing to save some of the 21 slaughtered in a mass shooting at Robb Elementary. The inspector was even able to enter through a back door with that did not latch, eerily similar to how the 18-year-old madman got into Robb Elementary before killing 19 fourth graders and two teachers. The shocking breach was revealed at a Uvalde school board meeting Monday night, attended by at least a dozen family members of victims of the May shooting, the San Antonio Express News said. Grieving loved ones were furious that somebody just walked right in seven months after one of the deadliest school shootings in history, KSAT also said of the meeting. As part of the state-mandated security audit, an inspector posing as an intruder attempted to gain access through three different schools In the grief-stricken area, strolling into one unchallenged, the meeting heard. Interim District Superintendent Gary Patterson admitted the error, saying the ongoing security lapse is really 100% my responsibility, he told the meeting. We have got to secure those areas. For Alinda Areola, the grandmother of Uvalde victim Amari Joe Garza, shared a picture of a school safety officer sitting and looking at his phone. Definitely not a good look. Now to Arizona, Carrie Lake trial reveals 42.5% of randomly examined ballots were improper. According to Republican governor candidate Carrie Lake's legal team, 42.5% of examined ballots in Maricopa County for the 2022 governor's race were illegitimate. Lake's trial began on Wednesday, where she is attempting to prove that the wide-scale fraud took place in Maricopa County on Election Day. 
The Lake War Room tweeted on Wednesday that 48 of the 113 ballots that were reviewed during examination were 19-inch ballots produced on 20-inch paper. In a separate tweet, the Lake War Room wrote, This is how they disenfranchised Maricopa County voters on Election Day. The ballots were designed to be unable to be read through the machines. This wasn't an error. It was malice. The process worked exactly as they intended it to. One commenter on Twitter noted that there was no way the improper ballot size could have been because of error. The expert testified there are only two ways for the 19-inch image to have been projected onto the 20-inch ballot, which would cause tabulator errors. Both methods require an administrator to change. This could not have happened by chance or error. It was fraud. So you you don't believe that what happened on November 8th was not a disruption in the election process? I do not couch it as that. Are are you aware that uh, Supervisor Gates came out on Election Day and said 20% of all vote centers were affected by uh, these issues with ballots being rejected by the tabulators? Again, we didn't have ballots rejected by tabulators. They were not being read in by tabulators. But that's not a disruption when voters still had valid options to participate in dropping in those ballots in our secure door number three, which is a similar process that eight other counties use as their only option for voters to be able to return their ballots. Yeah, Mr. Jerry, you're not answering my question. My question isn't what other options existed for voters. My question is, would you agree that there was a disruption of at least 20% of the vote centers in Maricopa that caused delays in the voting process. Objection, Your Honor. The witness has already answered this question as to whether he characterizes it as a disruption. Yeah, I'll overrule if you can answer it. You may, sir. I'm not changing my response. The race between Hobbs and Lake was decided by less than 18,000 votes. The counts put forward by Lake's team contest her loss. Most counts were thrown out by Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Peter Thompson, with eight being tossed while two counts were allowed to proceed. Those counts deal with alleged intentional misconduct. Lake told Turning Point USA's America Fest on Tuesday that this marked a huge win for her legal team, saying, We got great news. We're taking these blanks to trial adding that Hobbs would take the stand in trial. It was later announced by Lake's attorneys that they had withdrawn the subpoena for Hobbs to testify. Maricopa County wants you to believe that they are so incompetent that all of the problems on Election Day can be written off as mistakes. That was according to Lake. Today's culture shifts like sand, but New St. Andrews College is established on Christ, the immovable rock. It is a premier institution that forges evangelical leaders who don't fear or hate the world. Guided by God's word, they take the word back because they've, they're equipped with the genius of classical liberal arts and God-honoring wisdom. Thanks to a faculty dedicated to academic rigor and to God's kingdom. Find out more at nsa.edu. That's nsa.edu. Lastly, how about this? Airbnb bans the listing of former slave plantations and slave houses. Airbnb has outlawed the listing of rental properties on its site where slaves have lived or worked according to an update to their anti-discrimination policy. The moves come after a TikTok video from July calling out the company for listing. An 1830s slave cabin went viral. 
The online short-term rental marketplace immediately removed the listing, then sought out others like it, enlisting the help of historical experts. Airbnb's work to fight discrimination and build inclusion now includes a section called Prohibiting the Glorification and Marketing of Slavery, which states that in July of 2022, the company took a series of steps to address the listing of properties in the U.S. that were known to include former slave houses, as they have no place on Airbnb. The three main policies, which only apply to the United States, prohibit prohibiting the listing of any home or other structure on a former plantation where enslaved people lived or worked if structures that existed during the time of slavery are still present on the property. Bar any structure specifically designed only to house enslaved people that did house enslaved people and prohibit the promotion of slavery-related features as a selling point of a stay. Exceptions will be made for certain experiences that provide important educational context, led by reputable partners and experts. Currently, we have removed listings and experiences associated with roughly 30 properties that are violating our policies, an Airbnb spokesperson told BuzzFeed News. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this cross-politic daily news brief. If you liked the show, hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership or a magazine subscription, you can do both of those things at fightlaughbeast.com. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about one of our future conferences, or if you want to become a corporate partner of CrossPolitik, email me at Garrison fightlaughfeast.com and just a programming reminder the live show will kick off this friday again one of our more popular shows of the year so stay tuned we'll see you friday this has been garrison hardy for cross politic news have a good rest of your day and lord bless